0: is the Lord. Was that your prayer? That you're going to stand with your hands raised and your heart totally abandoned to him, to give your all to him because he gave his all for you? You know, last Sunday I asked the question, how deep will you go? You know, how deep are you willing to go with God? And we use the The scripture from Ezekiel 47, which is an incredible passage, but where they went 500 yards and got ankle deep and another 500, knee deep, another 500, waist deep, another 500, and they were swimming. And uh, we were were looking at the, the scripture that says if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And To live in the Spirit is to live in that river, to stay in that river, to keep swimming. Let's not live ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Let's just get all in. And uh, so that was my question I asked you last week. And Jesus gave his all. And uh, when we recognize that, it is a powerful thing. You know, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. And it would be neglectful of us not to mention the fact that men and women have given their all for the uh, freedom that we experience in this country. And of course, we know Christ He gave all that all might be saved. He gave his whole life. Uh, but as I was thinking about this and thinking about this idea, because I said last week we we're going to look at uh, walking in the Spirit, not only living in the Spirit, not only having Christ in us, but now walking it out and living out our faith. Um, but in terms of the M- Memorial Day uh, weekend, I was reminded of a, a, a fellow back in Pennsylvania, I'll just use his first name, his name's Bob, and he just shared with us, he shared as a church, um, the emotional experiences that that occurred in his life when he was 8 years old and 12 years old. Now Bob is an elderly gentleman. In fact, I w- tried to call him before today, and uh, I've got a new phone and I've lost his contact number, but... I'm not sure if he's even alive, because he was an old, old gentleman uh, several years ago. But um, he had shared with us, he was describing his uh, father's emotional reactions when he got the news of the death of one of his brothers from World War II. And um, he remembers his mother, his brother was killed in action, and he remembers his mother's grief continuing day after day. And I remember Bob, as I sat in his, in his uh, dining room table with him and his wife, how he was describing just laying in bed as an eight-year-old boy and hearing his mother when he got to bed just bawling, just crying, just weeping because she lost her son. She got news of the loss of her son. And, his, and, and, and as an eight-year-old, he just shared his inability to be able to comfort his mother uh, in in that loss and can you imagine that as an 8-year-old trying to think ways in which he could comfort his mom and then 4 years later when he was age 12 his brother's remains were returned for burial in the US and those emotions were stirred up again and just the grief and the hardship uh, and and it, it just affected bob uh, it was still it was very emotional for him as he shared that with me at his dining room table but it it 's also for us it 's really is a picture you know um, of the emotional experience we we ought to have when we consider what Christ has done for us that Christ gave his all for us, and this is just one man 's experience here in Bob. And I and I don't know all of you even well enough to know if you've lost loved ones either in Vietnam or Korea or, or the Second World War or even Afghanistan or Iraq. Uh, we we're losing people all the time because we want to keep freedom in the U.S. And uh, I just like to just stop and just uh, say a word of prayer for all those families in the U.S. and across this world that have lost their lives fighting for freedom, Father. In the name of Jesus, um, we thank you for the men and women who served and they gave the ultimate sacrifice. They gave their lives for you. And Father, just Bob uh, recollecting uh, his the news of his brother uh, being killed in action in World War II and just the emotions of his father's emotional reaction, his mother's grief that continued many days. And then Father, four years later, to have the remains returned, he remembers that, and the, 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 he remembers the scene of the of his body coming, and uh, the, or when, however that was, Lord, but the return of the remains, and how that emotions were stirred again. Father, there, there's many thousands that have uh, gone through that kind of grief, the knock on the door, and Father, I pray, we pray for those that have lost loved ones, we pray for those that are currently serving, we pray for their protection, and we thank you, Lord, for their service, we thank you, Father, for those that gave their all, and we pray, Lord, you comfort those, Lord, that are in this right in the midst of grief, even at this moment as we pray. And then, Father, we just ask you to be with us today as we come to look at uh, our own lives and look at that ultimate sacrifice that Christ gave for us and the call for us to recognize that great sacrifice that Christ died, that he died, that we might have the righteousness of God, that we might be able to live in that river. And then, Lord, not only to live in it, not only to have the internal experience, not only to have that cleansing inside, but, Lord, that our Sunday walk might happen on Monday as well. Lord, help us to walk on Monday like we walk on Sunday. So, Father, we need your Holy Spirit to guide us in that. We need your Holy Spirit to teach us. And we need each other to encourage one another and to challenge one another. And ultimately, Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to aid us. So come, Lord Jesus, and uh, speak to us and minister to us. Continue to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So in that prayer you probably heard, I I just have a, a challenge for you again today. Will your Sunday walk happen on Monday? Yeah, I, I just r- wrote a, t- a note to myself, my Sunday walk on Monday. So when tomorrow comes and you wake up in the morning, and I know for many of you, you, you have the day off, it's Memorial day, M- Memorial day Monday. But when you wake up, you say, okay, I heard a message about Christ. I sang about Christ and how he died for me. And I committed my life to Christ on Sunday, and I and I and I chose to live for Him. But am I going to walk in Him now that it's Monday? And, and then there maybe maybe one or two you're saying, well, you know, it's not just it's not just Monday, right? It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's a twenty-four-seven commitment to say, I want my Sunday to be more than Sunday. I want to walk it on Monday and and, and throughout the day. I want to walk in the spirit. We, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And in Galatians chapter five, twenty-six, it tells us to not to become conceited and provoking one another and envying one another. It's it's to to live in the spirit and not in the flesh, to really challenge one another, to walk with the Lord. If you look, if you look in the in the Old Testament. There's a question in in, uh, Amos uh, chapter 3, verse 3. It says, can two walk together except they have agreed? Can two walk together except they have agreed? In other words, there has to be a mutual humility. You have to have made an agreement before that I'm going to walk with you. And the same way with God. God's already made his agreement before this world began that he wants to walk with us. He came to give his life for us. So that we could walk with him, so he lowered himself and became a servant. He humbled himself and then said, Now, will you humble yourself and bow your knee and come and receive me so that I can live in your life? And then I will help you walk it out. I'll help you walk it out, but you're not going to do it unless there's a mutual agreement. The communion that you that you agreement that you make with Christ, it proves that you're, you're agreed. One man says two people walking together prove that they met, that they agreed before they even started. So two must agree if they are to walk together. If you're going to walk on Monday like you're committing, most of us do, we commit on Sunday you know, to walk with Christ, but we have to agree to say, well, tomorrow morning I'm going to continue that walk. And in Micah, another Old Testament passage, chapter 6, verse 8, which these are passages that you're probably familiar with if you've studied your Bible, it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? So even in the Old Testament, there was a, a call to us to walk with him, to walk humbly with him. So bow your knee to him and say, Christ, I want you to live in me, but now I also want to walk this life out. I want to live this life. When you've received the Christ and the message of Christ, you've received him in the truth of the message. When you've embraced him through your faith, and you're in union with the grace that, that he's offered, and you've received him as Jesus, human and yet divine, Lord and yet your brother, master, yet more than master, in sonship, when you've received him that way, he wants to say, now walk it out. And, it's, it, and he, does, he wants you to do it, he wants you to walk in, in, in Christ in every area of your life. And, and it should be when you go to work, when your friends see you, or your family sees you, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that you're just as real on Monday as you are on Sunday. That your faith is walked out as, as openly and as positively and as hopefully as it is today, tomorrow. And there, there's all kinds of battles that go on to, to stop you doing that. Discouragements, people that call you crazy. Oh, what are you doing living like that? You don't need to do that. You don't need to live that way. You don't need to live this way. Just come on with us. And, and it's important to know inside of yourself, know I'm swimming in the river, and when I'm going to walk this life out, I'm going to listen to God. He's going to be the one that's going to speak to me, and I'm going to know that it's him. And as in Jeremiah, these are just some, some scriptures that when the Holy Spirit is talking to you, he's going to do like the prophet talked about in Jeremiah 44.4, it's listed. It says, oh, do not do this. Don't do this abominable thing that I hate. And so you get this whisper inside your spirit. You've decided to live for God, and you want to walk the life of Christ out. And inside your spirit, you hear a voice say to you, don't do this. Don't do this thing. Don't do that. That's a thing that I hate. And another, you know, is it, the Bible is full of direction and correction. And there's Isaiah 30 verse, verse um, 21. It says, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Where, whenever you turn to the right hand, Or whenever you turn to the left, this is the way, walk in it. God will always give you direction. And so as you begin to swim in him, live in him, and say, I choose to walk in him, his Holy Spirit will come along and whisper direction. It's a little mysterious because you often hear God, it's like your own voice in your head. But the closer you get to him and you keep hearing that whisper, when the whisper lines up with the direction that you see in his word, you can be quite confident to step out in faith and walk in that direction. And if it doesn't line up, you're going to hear a whisper, don't do that thing. That's an abominable thing. I hate that. And when you say, okay, God, I got it, and you turn to him and say, okay, which way? And he directs you. Now, um, I I wasn't going to share this but, today, but I thought, as we were worshipping and praying, I thought I would. Um, just in terms of, of uh, understanding how God can direct your steps, and in a way oftentimes that, that you don't even know that he's doing it necessarily, but you discover by answer and outcome that God is really helping me not only live my faith, but walk it out. Now this week, um, I had the blessing of of speaking at the Minot High School's baccalaureate. and um, Because it's always a challenge when you're asked to come and speak at a high school baccalaureate, when you haven't, you know, you don't know the kids. And now I know uh, Lauren and Alicia. They had asked me to come and speak, and I was thankful and I was felt blessed to be able to do it. And um, as I was praying and preparing again, trying to swim in the river, trying to live in Christ, try to bury myself in the Word, Lord, what is the message you want to bring to these kids? And the recognition, and I did acknowledge this, that to those kids, that look, the fact is, I, I'm white haired and I'm old. Let's just get that on the table right away. Because young people, the last thing they want is some old guy standing up and like trying to manipulate and so that he can relate to young people, right? You ever been there? Like, yeah, he's just trying to, he's trying to work it. And whoever remembers who speaks of the baccalaureate? I heard one guy say, well, I went to a baccalaureate. I don't remember the speaker, don't remember what he said. But we had a lot of fun. So I had that in my head. But then I was preparing, and Pauline said to me, she said, when you go to speak to them, now remember, this is walking out your faith, asking God for direction living in him and then listening to him and then producing a walk, if you will, that will glorify him. So Pauline said, Nigel, you know, you're old and, you know, it's important that you find something to relate to these kids. You know, because your old stories aren't going to be the same. Find something you can relate to them. So I thought, well, that's a good challenge. Great challenge. So I thought, well, gee, let me see. These kids, Toy Story. Yeah, you know, Andy just went off to college in Toy Story 3. And that was a real emotional time if you watch watched Toy Story 3. And I thought, well, the kids will relate to that. And then I looked at when Toy Story 1 started. It was like 1995. These kids weren't even born. So I said, because I wanted to say, you know, you grew up with Toy Story. It's like, no, that was my aunt. You know, and, and so then I thought, well, the movie Cars. Well, the movie Cars was out before they were born. I mean, I was trying to find ways. Well, I thought, well, I could say that at least. I could maybe use that as an example. And I thought, ah, I know what I can use as an example. I could. I Googled 2007, and I thought I was going to ask the question, you know, uh well, how many times have you changed your cell phone since you went to school? They went to school in 2007. There were flip phones and, you know, all the different technology. And this whole, this whole the, the, the theme of the, of the uh, baccalaureate I was told, the seniors had, was every ending is the beginning of something new. So well, that's a great theme. So they ended one cell phone and they got a new one. Now they're going to go off to the college and they're going to get a new, what kind of an iPad? Do you, do, have you already told your mom and dad you want? Or, you know, this is all stuff going on in my head. Trying to l- live out the faith, live in the river, and then walk out the faith as an example to these young people and speak life into these young people's lives. And so in the process of this, I get the order of service. And I see in the order of service, I always took things in my Bible. If you ever notice, my Bible's full of papers, so I've got this still in here. But um, it had a song called Man in the Mirror that uh, was done by Michael Jackson. You know, They did a good job with that. And then they had another song called Journeyman's Song. And of course, Man in the Mirror, it's talking about... You know, that you need to take a look at yourself, look at you in the mirror, and then make a change in you. Don't don't necessarily think about other people, but look at you first. You know, uh, it says this, I'm going to make a change. For once in my life, it's going to feel real good. Going to make a difference. Going to make it right. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. And I'm going to make a change, he says in this song. I'm going to feel real good. Come on, change. Well, that fits pretty good. You know, so all about change. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know about the cell phone. I don't, know, I don't think Toy Story, I don't think Cars is going to work. And um, meantime, I Google the Journeyman song. I think I shared this when I was here Wednesday night at a prayer before I left. So I, ju- I, I, go- I Google the Journeyman song because that's the other song they're going to sing. Because I thought it would be important to get the lyrics because that might help me understand where the heart of this, this minor high is, where the heart of the teacher is, this choosing, or all the seniors that are saying, we want these songs. I thought that would be real good for me to kind of relate, if you will, and to figure out, what I'm, what I'm, God, what do you want to say? Because I'm looking to you, Lord, and I want to live out this, and I want to walk it out right up there in the, in, the, in the pulpit at Cornerstone Presbyterian. So I googled the song, Journeyman's Song. And I looked at the lyrics, and I thought, what? what on earth I've been asked to speak at this baccalaureate. What kind of a, who's choosing this song? What kind of attitude do these kids have? I'm thinking, "Oh Lord, help me. How am I going and, and, and I've chosen a passage of scripture. God has led me through a passage of scripture out of Jeremiah 18 where, where, where God is... Jeremiah is wanting to, wanting to hear from God. He wants to know how to direct the people of Israel and, and the potter says to, I mean the, the, God says to Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house and, and uh, Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house. He says, I'll talk to you there when you get there. And so Jeremiah gets down to the potter's house and I'm telling the kids this. And, um, and uh, God says, well what do you see, Jeremiah? He says, well I see a potter at work at, at his wheel. Uh, okay, and he's got his feet on the pedals. He's got his and and what else do you see, Jeremiah? Well, I see, I see. He's got a a clay pot in his hand, and and it's it's what else do you see? I see that it's marred. It's not perfect. It and then, now what do you see? Man, he just flattened that thing on the wheel, and he started all over again. Time to make a change, right? So that's what I was looking at for scripture, but then I'm looking at this, and then of course it says. It says later in Jeremiah, which I wanted to leave alone. I thought, I don't want to bring this up to the kids. It says that Israel were rebellious and they were doing what they wanted. They were doing what their heart desired. They weren't listening. They weren't necessarily trying to follow the direction of God. They were Israelites. They were chosen by God, but they rebelled against God. And Jeremiah was supposed to bring a word to them. And I'm thinking, this is the baccalaureate. I want to be a guy that's like, nice, nice. Who doesn't want to be that to kids, right? You don't want to be, oh, the old guy, I wish he'd quit and go home. Well, I'm listening to this and I'm looking at these journeyman's lyrics and I'm struggling with the lyrics. And so I wrote down some of them. and And then on the Wednesday morning, Wednesday night was the baccalaureate. I thought, you know, I really didn't write all the lyrics down. I should look to write all the lyrics down. So I went on YouTube, wrote in the journeyman's song, and there comes a picture of high school kids. Oh, well, I, yeah, I'll listen to that. So I'm listening to the journeyman's song sung by these high school kids, and I'm looking at what I wrote down. And it doesn't match. And, I, and I'm like, what? It's not the same, it's, it's, a, it's a different journeyman's song. So what, what have I got? So I, I looked a little deeper. Well, what I had was this a journeyman song written by a rock star, a British rock star from the group called Iron Maiden from their album Dance of Death. Those are, those, that, that's what I had, and I'm thinking, how am I going to talk to these kids? I mean, how do I tell them, you know, this isn't necessarily the kind of songs you should listen to. And so, and so I, I, I told the kids this, this story because it was real. And, 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 and so, now I didn't tell this to, to, to the kids. This happened to me later when I got home. When I got home, I started looking at, I did read these lyrics, by the way. But what the Lord was showing me was that God had helped me relate to these kids via the lyrics from the Iron Maiden, the Death of Dance, the Dance of Death album. Because really what it did was I was telling them about my story. I was telling them when I was a 15-year-old kid before I became a Christian how I'd had this argument with my father, how I got at 15 years of age. I got in my dad's face. My dad got in my face. And we had at it. And I wanted to quit school. And my father wanted me to stay in school. You talk about change. My father was 45 years old at the time. I was 15. My father was making a change. He was ending a career working as a blue-collar craftsman. And he was going to be starting in a teacher training college to become a school teacher. And he's got a 15-year-old boy like me Quitting school. You know the tension in the home under that? And so the chorus of that journeyman song by Iron Maiden was, and he's singing it like this. I know you'll go home and Google it now. It's actually, it's actually a very a good song in a sense of it's a, the writer that wrote it was trying to, he's struggling to write a song from the struggle of life, from where life's struggles really are. And we're often there ourselves. Life is a struggle, right? And so the, the chorus says, I know what I want and I say what I want and no one can take it away. I know what I want and say what I want and no one can take it away. And, that's, and so as I go and I got home it's like the Lord said, Nigel, when Jeremiah came to me, he said, I want to be able to Speak to Israel. And what did I say to Jeremiah? I said, you told him to go down to the potter's house. And, And so, Nigel, when you wanted to speak to the kids, when you were asking me to direct your steps, when you wanted to walk with me in the spirit, what happened to you? I said, aha, I googled the Iron Maiden by mistake. It wasn't a mistake, Nigel. You were asking me. To relate to young people. And when you went, and when you now when you go down there, why don't you go look at those lyrics with me? I said, okay, I will. And I looked at this these notes I have here and again. He said, Now what do you see? I see, I see the chorus here. Yeah, but what do you see deeper? I said, I see me. I see me 15 years old. Yes? And what else do you see? Well, I see the one of the other lines I wrote down, Lord, it's, it says, In your life you may choose desolation and the shadows you build with your hands. W- what do you see there, Nigel? That was me. I chose desolation. I chose the shadows that I built with my own hands as a rebellious did. As a rebellious boy, arguing my father, telling him, I know what I want. Don't you tell me any different. I'll say what I want. And so what else do you see? Well, I see here, Lord, it says, if you turn to the light that is burning in the night, then your journeyman's day has begun. So what's my name, Nigel. I said, You're the light of the world. So, what happened? I said, Your light shone in my life. Your light shone in the darkness. And I realized how much you love me. And I made a commitment to live in your spirit. And I want to walk with you. I want to walk in your spirit too. I want to live it out. I want to trust you. I want to live in you so close that I will know when you're whispering to me. And even though it wasn't a mistake, it was your leading by my accident, but it was your leading. You need me to see this. You're speaking to me through this. See, God has a way. His way isn't our way. His way he has, he, 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 it doesn't make sense to us But when it happens and when you see and you're trying to seek God and bury yourself in God and be filled with God in all kinds of ways, and for the sake of time, we're not going there today, but just to please know that when you commit to live in the river, to go deep with him, 500 yards, 1,000 yards, 1,500 yards, and swim in the river, and then say, Lord, I want to walk in the Spirit, you listen to him, he will whisper to you, don't do this, it's abominable, it's a thing that I hate. And you'll hear in your heart, in your, in your mind, you may think it's your own voice, but you'll hear, this is the way. Walk in it. And whether you turn to the right hand or whether you turn to the left, this is the way. Walk in it. Oh, I just want to tell you that he is the light of the world, that he loves you so much. And if you just turn to him, he says, I can burn through the darkness. I can come. And your journeyman's life will begin. So I want to encourage you with that this morning. He's shown you. He's showing you this morning what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to just do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Have you given your life to him? Because he is, Dave, is all for you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I do pray that Lord that you will lead us all, that we will be so close to you, so sensitive to you, that, Lord, even when we don't know that you're directing us, you will be directing our steps. And we'll discover it later, and we'll give you all the praise. Because, Lord, as as Jeremiah saw that potter at the wheel, today we can look at at the potter and say, oh, I see those nail-pierced hands. I see those nail-pierced feet. Pushing the, pushing the pedals to turn the wheel. And I see those nail-pierced hands taking that marred clay pot and saying, let's just start over. Let's make you new. And Jesus, you're a very loving God. May we as a people choose to live in you. And Father, may we choose to walk in your spirit.